Hey, Alex here, and you're listening to another episode of the Market Adventures podcast. Hope you had a great memorial holiday. We all needed this three-day weekend. So there's no way to introduce this guest without saying he's a beast. The true definition of a serial entrepreneur. From tech startups to physical products and an investing community with members that have earned upwards of $20,000 in just one day trading options with his strategy. I mean, I think beast sums it up. Enjoy part one of my interview with Stephen Barge. Do you find yourself spending too much time managing and keeping track of your household investments? I know I do. And Passive has been my solution. With Passive, you can turn your brokerage account into your own personal robo-advisor, saving you from having to pay fees to a robot. Passive makes it easier to be a DIY investor, like most of us are, and save for your retirement by helping you automate all the tedious parts so you can spend more time enjoying life and doing what you love. All you have to do is link your brokerage account to Passive, set up a portfolio, and Passive will do all the hard work in keeping it balanced. You'll get notifications when your portfolio needs attention, and you can place trades in one click. Many Passive users use the software to manage their household accounts seamlessly in one dashboard, me included. If you have accounts with interactive brokers, TD Ameritrade, Alpaca, uh, Tradier, or Quest Trade, you should definitely check out Passive. It'll make managing your accounts a whole lot easier. And like I said, I opened accounts for my son and my daughter recently, so I have six accounts I'm managing. Passive makes it a whole lot easier. Visit Passive.com slash Adventure. That's P-A-S-S-I-V dot com to get 50% off your Elite subscription. Passive.com slash Adventures. All right, so uh, my name is Stephen Barge. Um, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I am the founder of Barge Consulting Group, which is a financial literacy brand where I've taught over 2,500 people on how to invest in the stock market during the pandemic. Um, I'm also a founder of a real estate technology startup called uh, Tenacity, and uh, we're pretty much geared to helping landlords manage their tenants better and helping renters be able to automate the leasing process and and find uh, rental properties within their budget. Um, In addition to that, um, I I do also have a bidding business, which is called Bytes Hub. um, And then I also have an e-commerce business, which is called Plural, where we uh, pretty much provide travel accessories and um, and travel bags for people that's interested in travel and leisure and lifestyle. So when you say serial entrepreneur, yeah, so ideally a serial entrepreneur is just pretty much someone that has their hands in a lot of different business ventures. Sometimes they may start up those ventures and delegate different things to other people um, to, you know, go on and start something else. Or they may actually have like a, a dedicated uh, focus on one business specifically, but they're just pretty much just building multiple businesses and they're primarily focused on a goal, like which my goal is kind of building multiple streams of income. Multiple streams of income. How many streams of income till you're, till you're satisfied? 
Um, <laughs> honestly, my goal is just enough so I don't have to go back and work for anyone else, you know. So that's the, the that's the really the goal. Like, so I started building some of these businesses when I had my nine to five, and then shortly after that, you know, um, during the pandemic, um, I was able to kind of grow a lot more businesses once I left my nine to five. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So you did work. In, okay, so let's let's backtrack then, because you you mentioned nine to five. Give us your give us your origin story, and then let's work ourselves back to. Uh, you already named five or six businesses, so we're gonna work mm-hmm. back back to that. Okay, yeah, no problem at all. So, um, my origin story is pretty much. Um, I'm originally from Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, I was born and raised there, and uh, uh, single uh, single parent household. Oldest of five boys. Um, I had a triplet brothers. Um, my mom did a great job, you know, great job, you know, raising us and, you know, instilling, you know, just the church spirit and us, uh, you know, always in the church. Uh, as a kid, I always was kind of active, always on the go. So it kind of translated into my entrepreneurship life also. Um, fast forward, I, I went to college uh, in Denmark, South Carolina. I uh, went to a uh, college called uh, Voorhees College, which is at HBCU. Um, and from there, I studied accounting. Um, and then in 2013, I graduated from there. In 2013, um, I actually moved into to Atlanta. That's when I first got into like just really just corporate America, you know, working. And um, I started off at AT&T as an account manager. Um, had a few different sales roles things like that. And um, I was really just kind of trying to find my way. Um, You know, I really didn't find interest. I went to school for accounting, but I quickly learned that I did not want to do that professionally. So I I tried to find out what um, I I had a passion for. So eventually I got into healthcare IT um, and I worked in healthcare IT for several years where I traveled pretty much like 70 to 90% across the world to train doctors and uh, nurses on medical software. So it was a great experience. Um, I enjoyed that. I actually got a good passion for that. And that kind of gave me a good introduction to tech, um, to get into the like the tech startup world, to kind of start building, you know, apps and things like that. And I, and I just kind of had a, a drawn interest to really creating something for myself. Like I always... Like when I was in college, you probably asked me like, "Would I be an entrepreneur today?" I would probably laugh. Like in college, my goal was to graduate, get a good job, making a decent salary, you know, and you know, kind of you know, make sure I have livable income. And when I moved to Atlanta, I think it's just for one, it's Atlanta being a thriving city. It's a lot of movers, a lot of shakers, a lot of uh, black entrepreneurship. I saw a lot of people, you know, doing different things outside of the nine to five. And I'm just like, okay, well, I was meeting a lot of different creatives and things like that. So that kind of fueled my entrepreneurship journey. I kind of got curious. Um, I've always been like a researcher. So I'll kind of dive in, um, research different niches, things like that. And I'll never forget my first business. It was a marketing group. Um, It was a marketing group with some of my frat brothers. And that first business actually failed um, just because it wasn't uh, with the right people. Um, And then, you know, I kind of learned from that, you know, just from, you know, just kind of jumping out there trying to, you know, learn the entrepreneurship game. And um, within that marketing group, we were responsible for, just creating events, you know, around the city. So social events as well as nightlife events. Um, and then we also did like joint 
uh, partnerships with some of the local colleges also um, and created events for that. So it, it's definitely been a journey, as you can tell. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that's that's just pretty much like the, the origin of everything where I think my move to Atlanta really gave me a big perspective on entrepreneurship and that kind of fueled my curiosity. And then from there, you know, things kind of took off from there. Interesting. So, I mean, they say, right, you're the you're the average of the the people that you hang around, right? So, mm-hmm. you move into that space, kind of force you to level up, right? Yep. Yep. Now, you're you're you've said you're the oldest of because we we missed that, right? You're the oldest of of five. Yes, five boys. Yep. And five boys, single mother. Do, do you feel mm-hmm. like? Did you ever feel like I got to make it or you always felt, did, did you not feel any pressure? Uh, I always felt like that. For one, it's just because, like, my brothers, like, it was just me and my mom when I was seven. So me and my brothers, like, uh, my, I got triplet brothers. So the triplets, we're seven years apart. Um, and so when they came, it was just like me and my mom. And then it was just them, you know. So, <laughs> you know, so it was just, like, crazy. But the, what's, what's, what, what really just transpired was for, for one, I knew I had to kind of be some type of leader, you know, um, just because I knew I had people looking up to me. So it, it, it always made me feel like, OK, well, I know my mom, she did the best to raise us. My brothers are younger. I want to make sure that they have a great path to follow. So I was pretty hard on myself on, you know, just really just going out here doing what I thought was the right thing to do. And, you know, just really make sure that I'm setting, you know, a, a good a good example for them to follow also. Do they ever, do they ever, cause you got businesses and businesses and businesses. Do y'all, do y'all ever discuss that? Like, do they ever come to you for like a advice? Like, Hey bro, I want to try this. I want to try that. Do they ever come to you for advice? Yeah. So we discussed, um, so they, they still live in Greenville, South Carolina. So they discussed creating like their own clothing line. Um, and I kind of gave them some tips on how they can get started. Um, once I launched my vending machine business, too, they were just like, man, we want to do that in Greenville. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I kind of gave them some tips and stuff, too. So, like, when they come to business, like, I'm like, even within my peers and my friends, I'm kind of like that person, go-to person, like, yo, let's reach out to Steve. Let's go find out this, you know. So, um, yeah. you know, it's only right, you know, I kind of put them on. But I think the biggest thing is, like, when you're younger is your you have great ideas, but you really don't have any execution behind it. So I think mm. my biggest thing is like what's helped me out a lot is I I write things down, I plan, but I also make sure I execute them on everything that I kind of plan. And I I see, you know, I told them, I let them know, I'm like, yo, if you guys write these things down um, and make notes of everything, it, instead of just trying to manifest them, um, you can hold yourself accountable for meeting your goals. And, you know, you guys can, you know, reach, reach whatever level that you want to go to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like that. That's, I, and when you said that, it made me remind, uh, remember myself. Like as a kid, I had a lot of ideas about like, oh, that would be good to do. This would be good to do. And I would start on it for like a week or two weeks. <laughs> right. And then after that, it was like, oh, let's go back. Let me go back to being a high schooler. Let me go back to being, you know, doing sports and stuff. It was, That execution was a big, big part of it. And you got five businesses, so you got to execute. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. So take me through a timeline of how these businesses started. All right. So um, originally, so tenacity is like really kind of like 
I tell everybody, like, this is the long game, you know? So, you know, we're in the stock market. We invest. So if you, if I had to take a business and just say kind of like compare it to the stock market, it would be tenacity because for one, it's a software company. So it it doesn't, it's not something that you can kind of build overnight. It takes time, um, you know, and you also have to find your target market and things like this. So I kind of compare it to long-term investing. You know, it's like when you're, when you're investing in a stock long-term, you're trying to hold it, hold it at least five to 10 years and, you know, play off of that growth. And I, I kind of look at that as the same way. So, I had to learn this early on, but just kind of, you know, just getting into it. Um, I started, I actually worked at a company where I was responsible for um, onboarding uh, renters and helping them find their, you know, them apartments when as they relocated to Atlanta. So my, my backstory was when I relocated to Atlanta, I really didn't know anyone here. At the time, uh, my college girlfriend, um, she was from Decatur, Georgia. And so I stayed with her brother. Um, and then I started, I think I started my job like that next Monday. So I kind of moved over the weekend. But I had a hard time transitioning and having like, you know, getting that apartment approval process and everything, you know, just lined up. It was kind of like a, it was a long drawn out process. It took me like maybe two to three weeks to get approved for my apartment, which was kind of ridiculous. So I had to stay with someone else. And I remember just being frustrated, like, okay, well, I don't want to be paying this dude rent, you know, <laughs> like, and I'm just thinking about like how many at the time it was 2013. So it was like Atlanta was booming. Everybody was moving here. So I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm seeing this business model that they have at this company. And I was responsible for going out to apartments and onboarding them um, and, and kind of growing their client list. And then on the flip side, we had a sales team who were responsible for renters pretty much getting lease agreements and getting into those units that I contracted with. So I, I was sitting at work and we were laughing, but a lot of people used to get frustrated because this company used to, their sales team, they used to call people while they're at work. and like kind of harassed them when it came to um, really finding an apartment. So just picture you at your job and you getting a call like at like one o'clock, like, hey man, you still trying to move in that apartment? Like, you know, like and you're busy during this time, you know? So there was kind of, but what I found out is the sales team was super pushy because these guys were commission based. So with them being commission based, they were a little bit more aggressive um, and they had to get leases by like a certain date. So I think their cutoff was like the 15th and the 30th. So how many leases that they got booked, that's how much commission they got. So I told my uh, a couple of my coworkers, I'm like, yo, I'm going to create an app that's going to automate the full leasing process. And everybody laughed at me. So I was just like, yo, watch this. So it was funny. I, I started going to like different tech events, things like that. I ended up leaving that actual job. And then that's when I got into healthcare IT. So once I got into healthcare IT, I was more into like the tech world because the company I worked for, it was kind of a, a tech startup also. So it was probably like maybe eight years in the game. Um, you know, building out different processes, things like that. And um, I was able to kind of connect with different people and go to different events. And that's when I found my developer. I went to an event with uh, Founder Institute and I found my developer there. And it's crazy. He is actually a, uh, he's Nigerian and he was a uh, college student at Georgia State at the time. So we met and um, 
one of my friends was there with me. He was just telling me like, hey, hey man, one of my friends is trying to create an app. And the developer was like, yo, like this is ironic because I'm trying to I'm trying to build my name up and I'm trying to build more projects. So once we got to talking, we met at the, uh, this co-working space here in Atlanta that I had. Um, it was called a gathering spot. And we kind of talked, created the timeline, and then we created the first version of my app. Um, and then during that time, I also brought on two of my frat brothers that I went to college with who were great in sales and account management. Um, and then I brought in another one of my uh, colleagues that I worked with who was great. In, he was an uh, older guy. And he was great with project management. So I started building out a team because I realized with my first business that failed, <laughs> remember, uh, the marketing group, that I was trying to do everything by myself. And also, I didn't have the right people when it came to like different skill sets to kind of grow the business. So I realized like, hey, if I'm really going to take this to the next level, um, you know, I'm going to have to have the right team in place. So from there, we kind of started building. I started building this app or just really the framework and the idea like in 2017. And then um, we launched at NBCU Comcast. Um, it's called The Farm. It's pretty much like a, a accelerator or incubator for startups. And we were able to launch our product there just from just word of mouth. Usually you have to be in the accelerator and in their program to be able to launch your business there. But we was able to kind of, you know, just from networking with another business who had, you know, already been in the program and they liked it, our product so much. We was able to launch there in 2019. So when we launched, when we launched, we had over like 2000 users the first day. And it was crazy, you know, crazy. But we kind of learned through the process and spent like probably like the next couple of months just testing data, finding different things out and just making sure that we was reaching our target market. So um, from there, it's just kind of been like a, a, a pivot during the pandemic uh, when it came to just tenacity and building it out, because initially we were just an apartment locating app. So a question that I got all the time was just like, well, why would I use this over uh, apartment.com or why would I use this over realtor or why would I use this and I got tired of getting that question <laughs> and the second thing is what I realized is like yo we we are trying to reinvent the wheel why are we doing this why why are we reinventing the wheel why don't we create something where we can actually stand out so during the pandemic I've seen it's like a lot of my team are uh, they're, they're real estate investors or they're uh, one of one of the guys on my team now. He's a real estate agent, and we saw a rise in a lot of people becoming um, investors and property owners during the pandemic. So I'm like, yo, like, why don't we create a property management software where we can, you know, provide this software so that anybody who's a new investor or old investor, if they have multiple units, they can place their units on our software. And then on the on the flip side, we can still use our same business model with the with the mobile app, but the the renters are pretty much be able to go through and do everything on the mobile app without having to go to the property. So on the flip side, it's beneficial for the the landlord just because they can manage multiple properties, track expenses, track rent payments, things like that, and then um, and maintenance requests from the renters. And then on the renter side. They can find everything within their budget. They can do everything from their phone. They don't have to go to the property and they can pretty much take control of their leasing process on their own terms. So I, we just kind of spent off our old business model, connected it. And at first we were just focused on apartments only. But what we was running into is most apartments are they're 
under a corporation. So we had to get approval from those corporations. And it was a, it was a hard barrier of entry. But with this pivot, we can connect with regular people like me and you who own rental properties and they can go on, go on and use Tenacity, use our software. And then the coolest thing about it too, I threw in like my investing spill on it too. Um, but they can also pay the owners in Bitcoin. So if they want, uh, if they want, if the owner accepts it, they can pay their monthly rent in Bitcoin. Um, and if that, if that, um, if that owner chooses to, cash out the Bitcoin, they can convert it to U.S. dollars, or they can keep that Bitcoin in their wallet and continue to let those rent payments grow. <laughs> hey, hey uh, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. I mean, the, the first of all, the Bitcoin thing is dope. Mm-hmm. I think that is, I think that once you guys right hit the mainstream, that's going to set you guys way, way apart. Right. Um, because it's moving, even if it's not just Bitcoin, you have the software to integrate whatever crypto you want, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it's going to be crypto in the future. Exactly. We're, not, we're not, you know, nobody's lying about that. It's going to be crypto. Yeah. And you guys are going to be the one that already have everything already laced in there from the jump. And I think right. that's, I think that's dope. I think that's dope. And two, um, like from the very beginning, one of the early things you said was, I wanted to 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 learn tech, mm-hmm. and then you went to conferences, but then you went and got a tech job. Mm-hmm. Like people make this all this stuff so much harder than it has to be. Mm-hmm. You wanted to learn tech. You mm-hmm. went to tech conferences and got a tech job. And yep. what you do? You learn tech, and you bumped into somebody who just so happened to have mm-hmm. the skills to put together what you had in your head. Yep. Right. And all you have to do was be there. Right. That's that yep. execution. And that's perfect. So, yep. uh, I mean, that's one thing I think a lot of people, listeners here, if you have an idea, go into that. Even if it pays a little bit less or whatever, mm-hmm. there's a value in learning something in the job. Right. Yep. I agree. I think the biggest fear is a lot of people get challenged with, you know, learning something new. Because when I got into healthcare IT, I didn't have a background in in technology at all. I've been pretty tech savvy, but I've always been a great interviewer. So um, I came in and they asked me, you know, different questions. How would I deal with different scenarios, things like this? And um, I was so surprised. I, I, I never forget. I was going to the barbershop. They gave me a call. They were just like, yo, you got the job. I was so happy. And it was crazy just coming, like, just from a dude from a small town. These guys are giving me a corporate card. I'm flying all over the place, you know. And you get to travel like this dopest. At the time, it was a lot of my friends that they just worked, you know, just really just desk jobs. And that was the thing, you know. And I thought that's all that was possible. But once you start networking, you're talking to the right people, you know opportunities kind of open up and different doors open up too. So it kind of opened me up and got me into a place where I started working at these tech companies and went on and went on went on to work to a couple more tech companies. But I was building out processes within these companies too because they were startups. So how I used to look at it, and it's kind of funny now, I was, I was making a joke. I'm like, yo, if I ever went to go interview for a job, or a role at a tech company again, it'll be kind of funny because I'm like, yo, they'll be like, you know, they're telling you what you qualify for, but it's just like, yo, I done built out this whole role with my own business, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it would be kind of funny just going back and just going through that interview process, just like, yo, tell us about our, tell us about your skills, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm.
Hey, I hope you enjoyed part one of that interview. In tomorrow's episode, you're going to hear Steven's unlikely introduction to the stock market and how he took that start into creating a consulting group of almost 3,000 members and was able to get to a point in his life where he could provide for his family in a time of need. Always remember, this investing thing isn't about the money. It's about the value you provide to earn it and the impact you can make when you have it. This has been your host, Alex Cunningham, saying be well and remember, as you begin searching for answers to life's challenges, don't seek security. Seek adventure.